Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Film Survivor Podcast. I am your host, Tom Santilli. We have just witnessed episode two of Survivor David vs. Goliath, season 37, well underway. And uh, yeah, we're going to get into it right now. We have an exit interview coming up. If you haven't seen the episode yet, go check it out or read my recap on realityt.com. You can find all of my take on the the full episode there. Uh, But we're going to get spoilery here in a minute, so buckle in. So on the podcast today, I'm going to be chatting with Jessica Pete, the 19-year-old from Florida who was voted out of the game. She was the first person voted out of this game, even though she's the second person to technically leave the game following Pat Cusack's medical evacuation last week. But I'm going to talk to Jessica. We're going to chat all about her experiences in the game, her take on her fellow tribe mates, what happened last night at Tribal Council, as well as uh, her experience as as to watching uh, what happened on the boat last week with Pat. And kind of she has a really unique uh, take and perspective since she was there and kind of watched it all play out. And apparently Pat wasn't the only one that got injured, to be honest. So stay tuned for that interview. Uh, before we get to that, though, I'm just going to hit on some things with the episode. I don't know if it was just me or if I was maybe just feeling under, under the weather. I have been kind of sick lately. The sinuses up here in Michigan are pretty bad this time of year. But anyway, enough about me. We are uh, in the second episode, and I kind of felt like some wind kind of left the sails uh, for me. I don't know what it quite was. I know everybody seems to be loving the season. I do too. Not Don't get me wrong. But the first episode I was really excited about. While watching it, I was kind of like, wow, I really like this cast. I really like the theme. Didn't know that I would. Everything is really kind of looking like this has a, a lot of promise to it. For me, Pat getting knocked out the way he did really kind of shook me. It, it kind of made me feel like the game was not as important, you know, which it isn't, of course, to real life and real people's health. But it, it's not the kind of feeling you want, you know, thinking that the game is inconsequential. You know, leaving the premiere, that's not the idea you want in your head. But for me... This week just kind of seemed like, you know, people were down and, and, you know, like just some air had been taken out. I don't think that that's uh, a stretch because of, you know, if you look at what these people are dealing with, uh, Jeff mentioned last night that they basically lived through a cyclone. And uh, don't get me wrong either, the, the producers clearly feel the same way that I do, that obviously there was some low energy going on out there because you don't just give tribes a tarp and a fire-making kit uh, out of the kindness of your hearts. Sure, I'm sure part of it is they are worried about their entire cast dying on the island, uh, which would not be good for ratings, I would imagine. Although nowadays, who knows? Uh, that being said, though, they the, really, the real reason they got a tarp and a fire-making kit is because these people are, are suffering. And... Uh, the producers need drama. You know, they need the game to be played. They need people looking for idols and out and about. They're not going to get that if the tribe is downtrodden and huddled up, shivering under a makeshift shelter that, you know, is leaking water and they don't have any fire and they're going on day four, five, six. So, you know, yeah, that was nice that they got that, but they the reason they did that was to perk the game up and it seemed to work because as we saw the episode play out as we got into like day 5 day 6 we started to see some more you know people up and about some more strategy going on uh you know there's some big events with some idols this week you know Dan who seemed like he was on easy street last week you know he had the you know looked like he had the budding romance with the the beautiful blonde and he found an idol and he's on you know top of the world 
suddenly we learn that he's the kind of player that thinks it's cool that he can just leave his idol in his coat because that would be so obvious that nobody would ever look there. Well, Jeremy looked and found it and saw that it's there and now knows that it's there. So that was kind of a dumb thing to do for Dan. Elsewhere, the octopus hunter, Davey, uh, found an idol of his own. So we're slowly seeing some you know, seeds planted as far as uh, what some of the storylines might be coming up. Clearly, the overriding storyline right now is can the Davids, you know, match the Goliaths when it comes to these challenges? They're 0 for 2 so far. There's nothing worse in Survivor to me than watching a uh, one tribe dominate the pre-merge. It usually just kind of sends the game down an entire path that I don't like watching where it's, you know, a matter of time before they just pick off one duckling after another and, you know finally have to turn on each other like I just I like it when it's a little bit more even and you have a lot more strategy and backstabs and people flipping and all those kinds of fun things that everybody has come to love about Survivor so that's the overriding storyline but you know the, the seeds are being planted we see the, the the idols you know what has happened with them also small little things like Nick who uh, felt like he was given a lifeline in a weird way you know uh, he really felt like his game was over uh, and then the thing happens with Pat for him, it's it's an advantage in the game because he gets to live another day. And look what happens over the course of three days. Things change, uh, things shift, and suddenly you have Jessica being targeted. So you never know. All you want is another day in the game. You got the whole Natalie storyline. The whole Natalie storyline to me just reeks of one of those like pre-merge storylines. What I mean by that is, you know, there's always a storyline or two that kind of unfolds that doesn't really have anything to do with the game it's just kind of entertaining television that's where I'm at with Natalie Cole already I kind of like Natalie I like her as a person I, I like her as a personality on the show I talked last week about how kind of unfair it was for her of, of all the people this year I feel like she was at the biggest disadvantage being in her upper 50s put in put in a game with all people that are you know in their 20s and 30s and in one case 19 what in the world is she supposed to do to relate to these people in the old days of Survivor, there would be a mix of people you know, as far as ages and, you know, all those kinds of things. So she was at a real disadvantage, but I'm, I'm sorry. It has nothing to do with age when it starts to get into your personality with people. We saw two different instances tonight of people trying to befriend Natalie. John first approached her. We hear John giving a, what seems to be a sincere testimonial about how he wants to work with Natalie. He gives Natalie the information that people have been targeting her, and he asks her not to say anything. What does she do? She goes around and says something to everybody. Completely blows John's trust. What else do we see? We see Jeremy approach her. Jeremy thinks he's, he's a lawyer. He's going to be able to talk with her. No, sir. She wasn't buying anything Jeremy was selling, and... Uh, Again, just kind of burned the olive branch, uh, you know, before it was even extended. So there were two instances of people trying to help out Natalie, and then I'm sorry, that just has nothing to do with age. She could have easily, you know, find found some safe ground there by by getting in with either of them or both of them, and she refused to. So unfortunately for Natalie, I mean, it looks like her time in the game is is you know is, it is what it is. If the Goliaths keep winning, she'll of course be in the game still. And if she makes it to the merge, you know what? She could be that kind of player that people drag to the end with. But, you know, I just don't, you know, clearly she doesn't have much chance of winning with her social awareness and all that kind of stuff. 
beyond that, uh, what else did we really get? You know, we, again, there's some alliances. The one other seed that was planted that might be the most interesting of all the strategic things that happened was the alliance between the three girls, Kara, uh, Angelina, and uh, Natalia. Those three all kind of have a, a guy that they're connected with. Kara, of course, is being targeted most because she's seen as being real close with Dan. But those three girls together, each with like a stooge of their own, that could be something interesting to to look at down the road and to see if that plays out. Historically, of course, we all know how you know female alliances have turned out on Survivor. It hasn't been pretty, and uh, you know you're always hoping that one kind of works out for it for itself. And so there's one. I think that has some potential. So all that being said, you know we got the, the, to see Tribal Council for the first time. Uh, yeah, there was a challenge, you know, but I just, again, I felt I, I felt like I wasn't as interested in these people as I had been the previous week. Maybe it was my mood. I'm already reading online. People are still loving and digging this episode, so I think that's great. And, of course, I'm going to, you know, we, sticking with it is not an option for me. I mean, I, that's part, it's in my, Survivor's in my blood, but, I mean, I'm going to, you know, say it like it is and this episode to me just kind of didn't really fulfill everything that the first episode kind of built up in my mind but it is survivor it is better than anything else on television uh and episode three is coming up next week on wednesday before we talk about next week though let's get right into the interview that you all uh, tuned in to listen to this is my talk with jessica pete the second person voted out of survivor david versus goliath Please follow all of my coverage at Tom Santilli. It's all my Survivor coverage, and that's all of my movie reviews and movie-related topics that I cover as a film critic. So here it is, my interview with Jessica Pete. Jessica, what's happening? Hey, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing today? I'm okay. Has it, has it been a tough experience uh, reliving it, watching it all back? Oh, yeah, it's been... A whirlwind of emotions. Well, you know, we'll get we'll get into it, but let's just start off right off the bat. What were you feeling right when it happened? In your little farewell message, you know, you even mentioned, you know, it was the first, you know, hashtag blindside of the season. Who did you, who were you blaming uh, initially when you first were walking out of the, the tribal council? Well, I was extremely angry, um, but... I definitely think that I felt most betrayed by uh, by Nick and Gabby. Those are my two that I was just so angry. I could not believe it. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was probably those two I was most upset with. With Gabby, we, we were shown that scene last night, and I know, I know it's hard, you know, to cram everything into one episode, you know, everything that happens over the course of three days. But we saw that one little scene where Gabby kind of felt like you guys blew her off a little bit when she was asking you about the vote. Was that portrayed accurately in, in your mind? Do you think that that played into Gabby um, kind of turning on you? Yeah, so watching that back was frustrating for me because um, that conversation, we just already had so many conversations about it being Lyrsa if we did have to vote somebody out. So the day of, I didn't want it to look like we were scrambling. I thought that we all felt comfortable. I thought that we all knew where the vote was going to go. So whenever... Gabby came over and was talking with us, I just didn't want Lyrsa to start to, like, look to know for sure that it was going to be her, to give her time to scramble, to give her time to look for an idol. 
I didn't want that. So that's kind of like where my mind was at the time. But to watch it back and to see where Gabby was, like, it makes me upset because I wish I could have gone back and like reassured her in the proper way. That way she wouldn't have felt the way that she did. Um, but yeah, so that was definitely hard to watch that and know that I had like no control over it anymore. Yeah, that's one of the hardest parts of, of Survivor is like little things can happen and it kind of derails everything. And, you know, some of the great players like Boston Rob were kind of constantly managing people, you know, and, and going up and rechecking. Looking back on it, do you, do you feel like um, do you feel like there was any level of, of you were getting like comfortable with your alliance, like you thought you were cool for this vote? Or, or did you look back and wish that you could have, um, you know, I guess worked or checked in more with certain people like Gabby? Yeah, so I definitely think that I did feel comfortable with my alliance um, because I felt I was sitting in a really good position because I, I was very close with B and I was very close with Carl. And uh, B, Gabby, and I all had a good relationship. And then Carl had a very good relationship with Davey. Um, so in my eyes, we had the numbers. So I felt confident um, that the vote would go the right way. Uh, maybe other people didn't feel as confident as I did, and maybe that's where my confidence kind of screwed me in the end. Mm. Um, so, yeah. With uh, I want to backtrack a little bit, too, to, to last week's episode. Uh, were, what was your experience with the whole, uh, you know, the whole thing that happened with Pat? Uh, were, I mean, you were on the boat, I would imagine, when all that went down. How scary was that to live through? And kind of describe your, your uh, take on that whole incident. Yeah, it was definitely a nerve-wracking and emotional uh, experience with the, that boat ride. Uh, we were all there. We were all in the boat with him whenever it did happen. Uh, those waves were insane. Uh, I remember getting on the boat and thinking, we cannot ride with waves like this. Mm -hmm. um, there was points where, like, the boat was literally coming out of the water wow. like because of how high and heavy the waves were. Wow. Um, so whenever Pat uh, hurt himself, Carl actually hurt himself too. Mm. Um, so at that point, Carl hit his head on the top of the boat and he was like crouched over and like holding onto his head. So obviously I'm concerned about him. And I didn't know Pat was hurt at the time. So then Pat gets up and he stands up, he walks to the front of the boat. And I believe he said something like, I need some air or something along those lines. Mm. And then as soon as he got to the front of the boat, he just completely collapsed. And um, they had to get a stretcher and it was, it was very hard to watch him like that and to have no control over what was happening with him um, and to just know he was in pain. It was, it was hard. My goodness. And I mean, we're watching the conditions that you guys are in too. You know, a lot of people are calling this, you know, one of the worst uh, weather conditions ever on the show. Uh, it, it's, it's demoralizing enough. I'd imagine to be out there without fire and, and huddling up at night uh, then to see, you know, people getting injured and taken out of the game. Like how low was that moment um, for you? Like mentally. It was hard. I didn't expect to hit such a low point so early in the game, but it's kind of like, how do you not do that mm -hmm. whenever everything is just going wrong? Like the weather was bad. We couldn't win a challenge. We lost Pat. We couldn't get fired because everything was just soaking wet. We couldn't eat anything other than, like, coconuts because we don't have fire to cook anything with. So this was definitely just a very hard event. I did not go in anticipating for it to be that way. But, hey, you never know what you're going to get whenever you go play Survivor. So. Uh, that's, for, uh, that's for certain. Uh 
you also had the strategy we saw you kind of explain the strategy that you were going to uh, tell people that you were older than you actually are. Um, what what disadvantage, you know, I guess what advantage were you trying to uh, do by, by doing that? What it, what disadvantage would you have had in the game had people known your real age? I feel like in my everyday life also, it's just so easy for people to underestimate you based solely on your age. In a game like Survivor, that happens often as well. So I figure if I just went in and covered my, uh, my tracks and just said I was 22, um, and just said it and then forgot it a little bit, mm-hmm. that uh, it would put me in a better position overall than what I would be if I said I was 19. Because I never wanted to be remembered in this game by, like, oh, well, she's the young one. Mm-hmm. Like, no, I wanted to be remembered because I wanted to play a good game and I wanted for people to recognize that. Um, so the age thing, it's just it's kind of silly to me. I feel like I should, really shouldn't have had, had to lie about it. But going in, I just didn't want to do anything uh it was going to affect my game before my game even started sure with uh you know we saw the other players kind of uh describe their thought patterns a little bit last night but why ultimately do you feel like you were the target of all the people they could have selected to to target last night i think it was just because the position that i was sitting in where i had the good relationship with b good relationship with carl um, and people recognize that. I believe it was Christian um, who said that in the episode. Um, so watching it definitely gave me a little bit more understanding because, you know, whenever I first got voted out, I was like, oh, well, they just voted me out because they voted me out. Like, I don't know. I didn't, right. I didn't understand it. So watching it back has given me a lot of clarity, and it actually kind of makes me feel better um, to okay. know that I was taken out because I was viewed as a strategic threat rather than just, like, uh, whatever we just need someone to vote out okay with uh, you know people too it, it is interesting because people you know sometimes don't understand that you know months go by and you're kind of in the dark and don't really understand <laughs> what happened and then you watch it on the show and you kind of get to see different angles and other people's viewpoints uh who on your tribe has surprised you most through through two episodes on television uh maybe that is playing a more cunning game than you might have thought when you were out there Nick. <laughs> okay. <laughs> For sure. I I wasn't expecting uh, to see some of the things out of Nick that I've been seeing. Like, I knew he wasn't helping with the shelter, but for him to say, like, I'm not wasting my energy on building the shelter, <laughs> I remember I was like, whenever I first saw that, I was like, are you kidding me? Like, I cannot believe it. So, yeah, just the game that he's playing, I, I didn't anticipate that, um, but he's definitely the one that has shocked me the most. Okay. What else, uh, who out there, while you were in the game, uh, who did you view as the biggest uh, strategic threat on, on your tribe? Um, probably, I don't know. See, that's a hard one. Uh, because I just feel like we were so early on that it was sure. hard to like really pinpoint who the strategic threats were. Um, but I definitely think the three that I would have had to watch out for um, would have been, like, Christian, Gabby, and uh, and Nick. I feel like we all four of us were trying to play a strategic game. Um, like I said, I didn't know to what extent Nick was going to, but um, I definitely think that those three would have been the ones that I needed to keep my eye on. And with Christian, uh, you know, we didn't get to see a lot of interaction between the two of you, but we did see in his in his vote for you 
that he said something along the lines of, you know, I, I really tried to work with you, but it just kind of wasn't in the cards, you know, sort of a thing. Uh, can you expand a little bit more on that? Did you feel like you had a relationship with Christian that you could have counted on in the game? So Christian and I didn't hit it off right off the bat, um, but Christian and I did have some good conversations, and I can remember specifically one where whenever we first entered the game, the girls were on this kick of, like, an all-girls alliance, and I was just not for that. Like, mm-hmm. I was like, that is stupid. We need strength right now. We do not need to keep other people and, like, get rid of the guys. Like, that just doesn't make any sense. So I remember I'm uh, Christian, myself, and Nick, we were all going to get water um, at the well, and I told I told Christian, I said, listen, so I know you trust Gabby, and I know that you have a good relationship with Gabby, but... I'm just letting you know, like, they want to do All-Girls Alliance, and they're trying to get Nick out, and I just, like, I want you to know that because I don't want to do that. Like, I would rather stick with you guys and get out one of the girls than to stick with them and Mm -hmm. to get out one of the guys. To me, I was more focused about, like, I wanted to win challenges. So I told Christian that, and I felt like Christian and I – that that bonded us, and he actually kind of got emotional whenever I told him because he he had, thought he had a really good relationship with Gabby, and I'm not saying that he didn't, but I'm just saying Gabby was willing to like go against Christian and vote out one of the guys. Sure, okay. Uh, you mentioned the challenges too. They hit on it on the episode last night. You know, some of the people in your tribe. Do you feel like there's a real unfairness to to the challenges, like putting the Davids versus the Goliaths? Uh, do you feel like it's more of a mental thing because you guys had lost two in a row that people are feeling that way? Or do you really feel like there is some kind of unfair advantage on these early challenges? I don't know. It's hard because I feel like the challenges have been close. Um, like definitely while I was out there, I could see where people would get discouraged. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, the challenges weren't really blowouts ever. Like the, the Goliath tribe did get ahead of us in a lot of points. But we had ample opportunity to catch up into, um, like, even in the challenge last night mm-hmm. with what happened whenever they were on the boats. Like, we still got back, and they had made no progress on their puzzle. We had just as much time. The only thing that we had to learn was the learning curve of the puzzle to see how much slack we could give it, um, how the puzzle was really designed. Mm-hmm. So it was, I, I feel like it's, it's not completely unfair, but whenever you're out there, I feel like it is very easy for you to think that. We obviously didn't get to see as much of you on the show as you would have liked us to, I'm sure. Uh, what what kind of player uh, were you hoping to be on the show? Would, would you have been trying to get to the end, you know, playing a loyal, straightforward game, you know, so uh, the so-called hero edit, or would you have been more of a, you know, backstabbing, you know, strate- strategist uh, trying to get to the end? What kind of player would you have been had we seen you go deeper in the game? So I... I think my goal would have been to just be as strategic as possible. Um, You don't win this game by just sitting back and not doing anything. You win this game by big moves. And uh, I don't ever want to make it, like, be the one that makes it to the final three that's just kind of, like, sitting there and say, well, here I am, Mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. And I want to be able to argue and to say, I did this, I did this, you're sitting there because of me. So I definitely think I would have tried to play a, a strategic game but straightforward at the same time. Like, I don't want, I, I mean, if I'm going to vote somebody out and, you know, I know that there's not really anything that they can do about it, then I don't really see the point in like, well, I mean, you're getting voted out. So <laughs> we'll just have to, 
like, I don't know. If I ever get the chance to play, though, I just play again. I, I'm really just thinking, like, this, this episode was just, like, it scratched the surface on the type of player that I would be. And I'm very curious to see what would actually happen if I did get another opportunity. Well, it was great to watch you play, even though it was for a couple episodes. I definitely am sorry that we didn't get to see more of you. I know there was a lot of people that were rooting for you. But it was really cool to get a chance to chat with you today. And I wish you the best of luck in, in everything that you do. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. All right. No problem. No, take it easy. You too. So there you go. I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, and please, I want you to uh, make sure that you also are checking in on realitytea.com for my written recap and my written uh, interview. It also links to this podcast. But hopefully you're following me on there each and every week following the episodes of Survivor. I'm going to be here all season and uh, bringing you all kinds of fun stuff. Bit of other news before we get into next week on Survivor, but I want to let everybody know, I told people last week, I'm going to push it again, two big things. One is uh, I produce a show, it's a TV show called Movie Show Plus. It's a lot of fun. It's all about movies, celebrity interviews, movie reviews, fun segments, features, all kinds of stuff. If you love movies, uh, it's going to be a show that you are hopefully going to love and want to follow and watch. You can go to movieshowplus.com. Uh, to watch new episodes. We post them every Friday. The show is on in the Detroit market on Sundays at 10.30 on TV20, uh, so people can catch it on television in the Detroit market, but even if you don't live in Detroit, you can check out Movie Show Plus on the internet. So do that. The other thing is uh, trying uh, to start up a Patreon.com for this podcast. If you go to Patreon.com slash Survivor. You can help keep this podcast going and help me, uh, if you like it, if you like what you hear, if you like my interviews, um, I I suggest helping me support doing it. (laughs) So you can go there and pledge as little as $1 a month uh, to help out uh, fund the show. And there's also fun levels uh, of donations. You know, if you donate even up to like five or 10 bucks a month, uh, you can get cool stuff. So go there for that information. And uh, if you pledge at a certain level, you can actually get a question of yours answered on this podcast every week by the survivor that gets voted out. So, like, I would actually ask the question that you provide them. It could be anything you want. It could be what's their favorite color, who's their favorite X-Men, like, whatever you want to do, I'll ask it. So, check all that out on Patreon as well. Uh, That'll do it for this week. Next week, again, on the podcast, we'll be talking about episode three. We'll kind of see where it goes. The preview for next week kind of looked like more of the same. It looks like, you know, just the bonds that we've been seeing are going to slowly continue to develop. The Gabby Christian, you know, thing, which I'm in love with, by the way. The the Gabby Christian nerdmance is like one of the coolest things I've seen on the show (laughs) in a while. I'm rooting for them. Uh, dearly so it looks like they're getting closer it looks like natalie's getting pushed further and further away and it's more of the same no no smell of any kind of a a, a tribal shift or or swap or any of those kinds of things a lot of times though those will happen by episode four so this could be the last straight up david versus goliath uh, episode that we have uh, moving into the next week I don't know that for, for a fact, but I'm just saying based on past seasons, that's a lot of what we how it usually goes. You know, especially if the Goliath tribe is continuing to dominate, uh, they're going to want to switch things up quick, quicker rather than later. So all of that, follow me at Tom Santilli. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Support me on Patreon. 
check out Movie Show Plus. And with that, I love you all. Have a great, great weekend, week. And uh, we'll see you next week for another edition of the Film Survivor Podcast and another episode of Survivor. Bye-bye.